Arrgh, grog. Hey guys, it's the Sideshed Podcast with me, Peter Fickling, Carrie Warbis and Matthew Weir. So guys, have you had a week like Jazz's Pigs? Eating, sleeping and rooting? What does rooting mean? Shagging. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's Australian okay. for sex. Ah, oh, yeah, I've done the two former and not the latter. I'm, I'm sure you've all done everything, haven't <laughs> you two? I mean... <laughs> thing is i was a little bit concerned about how they were going to feed the pigs because like hannah said to jazza well martin gibson isn't going to feed the pigs there's barely enough room for him <laughs> like, just gonna, like mince martin gibson in the board meeting and get rid of him including his brogues if you had enough electricity to mince either um gibson or justin which one would go in the grinder justin 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 yeah, I'd love to see him coming out of a sausage tube thingy. Yeah, it was it was hard, it was a hard listen, to, wasn't it? Them having their uh, uh, fry and lorry moment. Yeah, the sort of they might as well. The three blokes have just got their cocks out, really, haven't they? Mm. And sort of waved them around in front of each other in the boardroom. I don't think Glenda would have been too pleased, though. Am I stupid for not knowing who Glenda is? Glenda is the mole. Glenda Belcher. Yeah, but again, that, that, that had me confused. I, you need to talk me through it. I didn't understand any of that. Yeah, that's a good point. Because <laughs> she was the mole. But who did she tell? The leaker. Yeah. Who did she actually tell? Well, apparently she must know everyone in the village, despite the fact maybe she told the Gleason twins and they just were yelling it through Vuvuzelas as they were jogging through the village. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that was supposed to be a rev- right old revelation. Mm. And uh, it fell a bit flat, didn't it? You know, at least yeah. it wasn't somebody that would get into trouble that we really like. But who cared anyway? Because by then it was all out and everyone was talking about it. And it wasn't any great shakes that people knew, really, was it? Do you know what I mean? It didn't have terrible consequences that people knew about what was going on. Tell that to the lad that they let go. What was his name? Clarky. Clarky. <laughs> Mikhail had his hours reduced. <laughs> yeah, Mikhail had his hours reduced, but Clarky couldn't look Jazza in the eye. And that's where I got my pathetic joke from, was um, yeah, Jazza having his little um, tete-a-tete with the pigs, talking about uh, you know mm. having to tighten his um, purse strings, which is a bit insensitive thing to say to a pig, but yeah. One of the things that happened in this whole scenario was Tom showed up, except he didn't show up because he seemed to be like in a hazmat suit a million miles away or in a glass box. Yeah, his delivery was so odd that a lot of people didn't realise it was him for a while. And even when we knew it was him, it didn't seem like him at all. He was definitely not in the same room as the other actors. Do you think? No, no way. When when I listened on headphones, it was painfully obvious. Mm. When I listened through the laptop today, I was like, yeah, I can't notice it quite so much, but he seems a little bit you know, stilted, but yeah, he wasn't there. He was mm-hmm. elsewhere at some point and it was, you know, it was a bit like the guy's like, hello, and then he's, yes, hello, here I am. <laughs> Even though they're sitting next to each other. Do you want to talk pigs, Jazzer? It was a little bit strange, wasn't it? Yeah, also, yeah, his delivery was odd. I thought maybe he was ill, you know, he might have had COVID or something and was dialing it in a bit. He just didn't sound like him, his normal self. Yeah, he ribbed Jazza a bit about falling in love with Hannah as well, didn't he? At first sight, which I thought was a bit shitty. What was that about? 
that I mean that do you think there's any meaning to that or is it just to sort of uh, do you think it's one of these little check-ins just to sort of uh, bring us remind us all of the kind of the history or kind of give it add a bit of color to Hannah for people who've forgotten I think it's exactly the latter what you just said Peter because I mean they have I mean I'm not going to do the whole spiel again but they have brought her back big time reinvented her like you know it's it's like a re it's like a relaunch isn't it for Hannah yeah when did Jazza fall for her when was it love at first sight in Tom opinions? Maybe three years ago. Yeah, but what was she doing? Oh, yeah, he said, didn't he? Oh, injecting something. Yeah, she was giving us um, a cymostasis shot, which okay. I think is, some, is something, I don't know. Is that to do with teats? Because yes, mastitis yes. is where you have bosom full of milk and it won't come out and it's painful. Yes, that's exactly it, Kerry. Mm. Oh, my God. We've turned into farming today. Well, he did sort of say, oh, once I'd seen that, that of course I fell in love with her or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so once I saw a load of milk Milky spilling from, from a pig's tit, I got the right horn for her. <laughs> oh, I did like Jazza when he said, because uh, was it Tom explaining about the, f- I was going to swear, I'll try not to. Um, the, oh, it, go on. Yeah, that fucking honking bunny. And the whole stupid competition around it. So, uh, and I loved how Jazza went. Oh, I can't be doing with that palaver, <laughs> as all the listeners are as well. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know what though? When is the bunny going to be revealed? Easter Sunday. Which means you've got two weeks of this shit. I know of that honking sound and no one giving a shit. Uh, so you've got to have a selfie with the bunny, post it online, donate to charity, enter in the prize draw for a cream tea. Woo! Don't tell Chris. There's a clue on the website every day regarding where the bunny is. And if you can guess who the bunny is, you get some garden centre tokens. I mean, they need to explain the rules a little bit more explicitly. <laughs> Justin probably thinks he has to shoot the bunny. <laughs> that those that description took up half the episode on Monday. <laughs> is that literally going to be some sort of crescendo on Easter Sunday? Well, who's the bunny? I mean, everyone's got their theories. Is it Jesus? Oh, I hope so. That's one hell of a way to come back, isn't it? So it could be Harrison then, because it's Easter Sunday and Jesus and all of that. It's been very Jesus-heavy recently, hasn't it? I I really do hope that the Archers attempts the second coming of Christ using a bunny costume, Kerry. That would would make me happier, but let's assume that's wrong. Um, I mean, yeah, maybe Harrison, because he is up for, he is that sort of, surprisingly goofy sort of character isn't he he's the sort of person who's up for anything ill for a bit of a laugh i don't want to pour cold water on this beer but isn't he like a policeman (laughs) and shouldn't he be busy doing other shit oh is this is this any time of the week it's like rent a bunny you can can yeah he well i mean he leaves clues as to where he's going to be at certain times or he or she is going to be at certain times Hmm. Ah, there's the thing could it be a she why are we all assuming a he could be Linda, I suppose. I reckon it's Joy. It's Joy. Joy needs to come back. I mean, I I was uh, uh, inappropriately excited when Russ came back last week. You know, you two have had lots of Brian and Fallon action, but I think you will all collectively be, you know, hollering with excitement um, when when Joy comes back. We all had some gym action as well. Yeah, that's, that's very special. I did actually um, uh, get my stepfather, who's a Latin scholar, to translate um eating rooting um and sorry eating sleeping and rooting um he couldn't quite do it but he did approve what i found on google 
but I did. I really had put some, <laughs> put some effort into my shitty joke. Hang on, hang on. Your your uncle that's a Latin scholar. I just had I just had big track, Kerry. <laughs> my stepfather he was did Latin at university, so classics or whatever you call it i don't know what it's called Classic. and he didn't know how to translate rooted he didn't have time because i asked oh. him to do i asked him to do the double double entendre i wanted a latin word that meant rooting like a pig and also having sex but he didn't have time to translate it but i did but i did do it on um i, go, I was you know for once i was trying to put in some effort i was trying to do a matthew actually you know try and produce oh. a well-crafted joke but um, I could just imagine him sort of going get away from me peter what are you asking me to do this nonsense for translate my stupid joke into latin <laughs> why yes. didn't why didn't you just ask me peter because we are a latin language country here and i could have pretty much told you well, but, well, you know, I'm a big boy, Matthew. Sometimes I like to sort of do things on my own. I don't, you know, I know I, I know I call you night and day with every tiny little problem I have. I mean, it might, it might be this. Hang on. F***ing like a pig. Fudendo como um porco. Was that Billy Bully Porco? Fudendo como um porco. Yeah, that'll do. Um, so, yes, so we had to, so... <laughs> So yeah, Jim would obviously be able to help with that. Um, Actually, that says "fucking with a pig." Oh, but he's not. That's David Cameron, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How did he get away with that? I had a huge row with my dad. Um, okay, if you want to, but if we're going, um, who's the who's the posho? Now you can absolutely slay me. Mm-hmm. I was having a, I was having a huge row with my dad when we were on holiday in Napa Valley, and um, <laughs> it was all about um, it was all about. Um, I was convinced that David Cameron couldn't survive that. I was, I was like, there's no way that he can survive, um, you know, popping his um, little David in in a, in, a, in a dead pig's head. To be honest, Peter, I had exactly the same conversation with my dad in Little Chef in Bognor Regis, and we could not get to the bottom of it. <laughs> uh, probably because it was all bullshit and made up, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it did. I mean, it was. I did want to believe it, but yeah, uh, we all did, didn't we? It was bloody great at the time. Yeah, just a couple of days of imagining the, that you know they might be gone, but never mind. Nothing's gone wrong since. <laughs> so, talking of missing out on joy, <laughs> that was mm. that was almost clever there. Yeah, we want want her to be come back. Want her to be the um uh, the, the the Easter Bunny, and, and and is there any chance that they can wrap this up in a way that will please us? I mean, there might be people out. There might be a constituency of people who find it amusing. But I mean, do you think we'll eat humble pie and say actually that's and it's all been worth it? No, no. Silly. Unless the bunny sort of drops dead, <laughs> just at the point yeah. where there's supposed to be a cutesy reveal. Yeah, yeah, that might please me. <laughs> but it turns out it's Chris, and Justin has just shot him straight through the head with a, a blunderbuss. Yeah. yeah, that might please me. Yeah, well, yeah, Chris has been really getting on your nerves, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. okay, fine. I mean, has anything this week uh, proved me wrong? Nope. Not not at all, no. Peter in right shocker. Does he redeem his character in any way? He calls Alan and then acts like a little prefect where Alan's <laughs> going, you know, you've always been good. He's like, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And he's like, but that doesn't explain why you broke your... Vows of marriage to shag my daughter, and he's like, "Oh, I know." <laughs> it was only the once. Yes, that was amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's just, oh, yeah. and then his thing with Amy mm. when he was, you know, she was when she said, "I love you." Mm. God, what a scene! Jesus Christ, because she was all fired up 
by silly old Susan going, you make a lovely couple. You're you're the opposite of Alice. Um, you and Chris, I give you 100% blessing or something. So off skipped Amy thinking, oh, you know, I've got the mother-in-law's approval here. And then Alan obviously gave Chris this lecture about you've got to put my daughter's welfare to the forefront of your mind. And so Chris had that ringing in his ears when Amy was going, do you love me? And he probably was thinking, well, Alan's going to kill me if I sort of have a little half-assed attempt at this. So it's best to say no. Not a very nice way of talking about Amy. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I I do think both of them were fed their thoughts and actions by others. Yeah, yeah. The, the parental chat from both sides, mm. cross-family was the major factor in it wasn't it yeah mm. i like the way he was like um when she said uh, you don't love me and he was like well i don't love you now not like that but the text is really lovely and i'd like more of that thing <laughs> yeah because that was what he said wasn't it before can i have some more please <laughs> oh, just, God. thanks for reminding I mean, me about that yeah, I I mean, about that. he's just he's just a fucking useless vessel isn't he mm. i think that's what uh winds me up the most is the discordance between his really swollen ego and how useless he is mm. it that i think that's what winds me up so much like and you know the fact that other and also like all the worst of these people the fact that he's managed to get so many other people to buy into it i know it's fiction but you know like mm. what was it what was the line um um when alice was doing her now her princess diana voice when you know when she's kind of like well of course i know how easy it is to fall for chris <laughs> it's like well do you you well you're mental <laughs> yeah, I was on the bus when I heard that line and I nearly shouted. I thought you were going to say shouted <laughs> <laughs> on a Portuguese bus. Shouted on a Portuguese bus should be the name of a scar song. <laughs> I don't know how Amy or why Amy has fallen in love with him. It was a, it was like a it was a one night stand and they had minuscule feelings it's all too quick and to, for her to go she was literally saying to him right i i've fallen in love with you if you feel the same way too we can move out of, away from ambridge and start start somewhere anew uh, or you know i can stay in ambridge it was all too much too soon that's a scar song isn't it you've done <laughs> too much or whatever it is that's the specials yeah um they were a scar weren't they yeah but no, it was it was too much though, don't you think? When you run a mile, generally speaking, if someone was going, I'm I'm in love with you, you've shagged once and you've known each other a couple of weeks. Do we allow a little bit of license for that because it is a silly soap opera and they need to keep these things moving? Although sometimes it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, everything's condensed, isn't it? Mm. Like soup. <laughs> because Chris, at that moment, he was like, "So you're definitely moving." And she was like, yes. And i got to be honest, I was walking home last night and I walk home. Sometimes I choose a little route that's a little bit rural. I was walking pretty much across this field at the moment that she said yes. And you ever seen that moment at the end of The Breakfast Club when Judd Nelson punches the air and Simple <laughs> Minds was playing? Don't you forget about me. I was like, yes. Something triumphant occurred. I thought Kerry's roof would look like the now uh, redecorated O2 
arena. It's <laughs> blown to shit by the sort of volume of the screen. I have very much enjoyed tweeting repeatedly. Bye, Amy. See ya. <laughs> I think we should eradicate tonight's episode because I didn't want her send off. Mm. I just wanted her to disappear because she, she was there. Alan was just buying her loads of crap for her to take back to Nottingham with her, where apparently she has loads of friends and she's always felt at home, despite the fact she was trying to make a home in Ambridge, which doesn't make any sense at all. You can just uproot yourself again, go back and she's like, oh, I'll work in a coffee shop or walk dogs or even just do a bit of midwifery, you know. <laughs> she can definitely go back to midwifery because she stank Ambridge out. But, um, like, <laughs> there's this point where Alice shows up and she's like, I just want to talk and... Alan's like, um, I don't know if you're going to insult her. And she's like, well, no, I can at least hear, hear from Alice. And I expected them to cut away and cut back and it'd be Alan going, no, Alice, not the face. And her <laughs> to be like shoveling her into the green or something. I was a bit worried that Alice being nice to her would make her go, all right, I'll stay then. Yeah, I was terrified of that. Mm. Or stay in Shaggy Rex husband. Is that right? Golly, what a palaver again. Another palaver. I don't want to be an Eeyore. I know I'm just sort of my role sometimes is to be the kind of endlessly miserable one, but it does mean that Chris is now single. At least it's better the devil you know. We would have had the whole kind of Chris falling in love mm. thing out of the way. They, you know, they would have done a bit of plot about them kind of setting up home together. Maybe it would have some jealousy with Alice, but Chris is still out there now. Reconciliation with Alice potentially. A new girlfriend. I just, I just don't. Yeah. Wanna... Do you think he's going to sort of torture himself and be going, "I oh, could have had, I could have had Amy, if it weren't for you." I feel like it was trailed that they're going, Alice and him are going to get back together because of that bit where um, Amy said to Alice, "Oh, you know, I don't think he'll ever love anyone the way he loves you, mm. or he loved you." Yeah, true. Did you know that the Amy actress is pregnant? What from Chris? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> somebody on Twitter, can't remember who, said that's why. I think it might have been um, Jen Stevens. She said that she's leaving because she's pregnant, the actress. So then it started speculation that she might return in nine months with a baby going, mm, Chris, yeah, you've got another child. She didn't keep her tights on. Yeah. Just rule number one. <laughs> I think that was a metaphor. Could Maybe. be. Mm. I mean, that would be quite, that would be quite fun. Stupid Chris having, because he doesn't have the emotional complexity to sort of deal with that. He would find, you know, mm. he, would, he would shit the bed if um, Amy suddenly turns up, you know, with Chris Jr., some dead-eyed little mutant of a child. Who really whines all the time. <laughs> Are we not a little bit disappointed that it's Kate that took the fight and ra rather rather than Emma. Where is Emma? Yeah, that's a good point. God knows. I did quite enjoy the Kate scene, though, where she sidled up on Mothering Sunday and said to Amy, what are you giving up for Lent, Amy? Having sex with married men? <laughs> just hearing you say it out loud, Kerry, it just reminds me of how nonsensical it was. I just... <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It was so, I mean, I enjoyed it because it's Kate and it's, you know, mm. that, it's that, I've, as I've always said, it's that part, that type of the, you know, episode that I, I really enjoy. But it's, it's such bullshit, wasn't it? I mean, 
absolute nonsense, top draw nonsense. Mm. I know. Well, top draw nonsense in the sense that I absolutely loved it as well, Peter. I mean, but there was some foreshadowing there as well because Alan accused Kate of vile and judgmental carping, which suggested she's not in good um, condition to look after a goldfish. <laughs> that scene was bloody terrible, wasn't it? Where, where which? Oh, it was on Wednesday, wasn't it? Where Alan walked in and Kate said, "Roy's dead." And Alan just went, what? <laughs> so if he had even for a moment thought the human Roy was dead, his reaction was just, what? No, no, it was a bit more dramatic than that. He was shook. Not much. Well, it's Roy. Yeah, true. <laughs> remember, it's the same episode that Matthew was sharting on the bus. So he was probably, <laughs> you know, a bit distracted, apologising to her, you know. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, an Iberian Peninsula for leaving. <laughs> leaving him. Yeah, what's the Portuguese for sharting? Um, I'm not going to put that into the translator. <laughs> I don't think that verb translates in Portuguese. Well, tut tut. It's from Latin, so we. It's not as expansive as English. I'll ask my stepfather. In English, you have yeah. the benefit of yeah. In English, you have the benefit of Latin. And Anglo-Saxon. Here, not so much. Mm. Neil's sharting, isn't he, at the thought of uh, no sugar, no puddings. If we're talking weird scenes, that one where they were planning to... Oh, no, it wasn't Neil. I've said the wrong man, haven't I? Tony. He was oh. so close to a perfect segue and, yeah. Yeah, f***ed it. All right, pause and then go again, Kerry. So, Kerry, have you, <laughs> have you, have you a magical segue for us? I'll tell you who is sharting. <laughs> Tony, <laughs> at the thought of not having any sugar or puddings. If we're talking about ridiculous scenes, come on, that was, you know, the naughtiness of, um, well, the first of all, actually, stop. He has a special bowl. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's scaled exactly to the same size as his trains. <laughs> but he literally has to get a toothpick. <laughs> And take a millimetre of creme brulee out. And Pat's <laughs> like, that's enough, Tony. Up to your room. Oh, God, it's so weird, isn't it? He is a child and she's some sort of ogress. Have, have you guys ever seen that movie Baby? Where it's like a cult movie from the, I think, the early 70s. Where three, um, like a couple of siblings and a mother care for a for one of their other siblings, a boy, who they just keep in their care and have never exposed to the outside world. No, is that Tony? That's Tony. <laughs> the level of naivety necessary that he's kind of, you know, living it, where well, we can go away and pretend that we've never met each other and share a creme brulee, you know, like a lay-by or something, you know, it's... Yeah, and Pat's sort of going... I must be mad to be agreeing with this. <laughs> and we're all like, yes, you fucking are. We must be mad to be listening to it, for God's sake. <laughs> yes. Dear, oh dear, for God's sake. So, you know, yes, he had a heart attack. He has only a tiny bowl of pudding. He never has seconds. I think there's some foreshadowing here because he said it's all the fun of a fair without the heartache. And I think he's going to collapse in the tea rooms after eating a creme brulee. After eating a, a bowl that's just a little <laughs> tiny bit bigger than his special bowl of crumble or something. I'm not one of these um, 
men, for want of a better, I was trying to think of a better way of putting it. I'm not one of these men who kind of flips sort of um, sexism, kind of like, ha ha, if you said that about a woman, we'd all get super cross, right? You know, mm. so it's not that, that I think, you know, that, that, that sort of what about her, and I'm no interest in it. But having said that, there is an incredible amount of infantilization of men when it comes to food in the arches. This idea that they'll kind of, you know, they, they lose all sense and reason when a pudding, you know, like David, um, Tony, um, Neil, all these men are sort of led around by their, you know, by their appetites in a yeah. quite sort of pathetic, childish way. It, this feels completely unrealistic to me. Neil made a comment, didn't he, about going to the church meeting and he, Jazza went, oh, that'll be boring. He went, no, there's biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> They're all chasing bits of sugar. All the, men, all the men are obsessed with puddings and little sugary treats. And yeah, like you were saying, so I was just building on what you were saying, really, just the, the way that Tony was so kind of like indignant and almost wounded by having his pudding tap turned off. Just go and buy your own pudding. Yeah. Go down to the cafe that's within the grounds of your own farm. Sit down there and use your your own money and say, "I'll have a I'll have a chocolate croissant, please." <laughs> Peter, Peter, you do not understand country ways. No, 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 I don't. Sorry, you know, um, I, it's been a they, long time. They make cakes, and it's a matter of pride that people come round to eat them. So it's just it's it's just a thing. Okay, admittedly, as you, as you pointed out, I don't know what, what I'm talking about, but in a in a situation where a man was, because it's a man, so he couldn't possibly even make his own cake in the archer's world, because he's not, he's had his cake tap turned off, so he's not allowed to even pop down to a little cafe. Or... Oh, yeah. No, no I, I agree with you. It's entirely misogynistic, but it's uh, it's definitely a thing. But also, like, how can somebody tell you what you can or can't eat? Yeah, especially, I mean, but he's married to Pat though, isn't he? I mean, I guess we have to accept that he does live, you know, he does live a very reduced life. What Pat says goes. She, she's practically like Rob, isn't she? <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> sort of making him do things he doesn't want to do. Also, Susanna Till, who is Susa Till on Twitter, she made a good point. She said fruit juice is one of the worst offenders, but that's what they're flogging to everyone else. Yeah, I get stroppy all the time about that. Like, um, uh, like everyone's always offering my kid juice. Now, I'm not one of the like he, we made a cake today. He had a cookie today. Like, I'm not I'm not like Chris, mm. but everyone's like, oh, it's just a cup of juice. It's like, well, it, you know, yeah, it's still a great big thing of sugar. Give him a, mm. give, if, give, you know, give him some, you know, I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's this sort of idea. It's like, do you remember when Sunny D was put in the refrigerated section? Oh God. Oh <laughs> my God. What did it? I think my parents bought Sunny D once. And when I was about 15 and I think I started somersaulting around in the garden to Slayer and they were like, no more. The label of additives was sort of bigger than the massive carton it was in. Yeah. Yeah. Slight segue, sorry, very quick. I think the Sunny D actually paid the supermarkets to get it in the refrigerated mm. section. I think it was a big stitch up from memory, but yeah. Oh, and do you reckon as well that Pat does a breakfast soup? <sighs> it's like it's like um, Gavin and Stacey, you know, the, the running joke that Stacey's mum only cooks omelettes. Mm. It's, uh, yeah, Pat, it's soup and... Um, and yeah, she as upset as Tony was about having his puddings taken away, Pat's kind of delirious ecstasy at some lovely bread. Oh, yeah, that Kathy had made. Yeah, so silent Kathy is providing bread. 
If you had a choice between a war- the warm caravan in the lower field or a comfy bedroom at Bridge Farm, which would you choose? <laughs> caravan. <laughs> Every fucking time, wouldn't you? We've said this before, haven't we, about like, would you go for dinner at that house and sit at a dining table? How miserable that would be in all, like food-wise, company-wise. It's not a nice place, is it? I mean, I'd go just to make psychological notes of Tony. Because, you know, I'd, I'd be sharting? like... <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> that is not anything to do with me. You need more roughage in your diet, Matthew. That is... <laughs> Have some breakfast soup. Exactly. By the way, can I just say at this point, I was planning this audio if you asked me what I thought about Amy leaving. <laughs> Actually, it was meant to be like this. Ah. <laughs> so your shart is actually sort of effervescent. No, my shart is just some weird <laughs> here driving up the road in their strange, not probably non-licensed vehicle. If I had to choose between eating at Bridge Farm and on another value uh, as another uh, venue, I would rather eat slices of cold spam off the hairy small of giant haystacks back than eat at the Bridge Farm family table. Off the back of a mangalitza. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Actually, very good comparison. Yeah. Did you like my photo that I sent in the group? Very strange looking creature. Yeah, but yeah. what a pig. I mean, you know, I mean, that was actually... I mean, Tony was right to get excited about them. Um, mm. For anyone who can't remember, the Mangalitza was the um, was the, 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 the breed of heritage pig that um, Tony was suggesting for the rewilding project. So what happened to the Tamworths then? Why did he go from Tamworth to Mangalitza? Tony turned out to be f***ing useless in every bit of advice he was giving to the rewilding, and mm. they shot him down. Mm. And he came back going, everything's great. And Pat was like, oh, it's great you're being... And he was like, well, you know, it just turns out that, you know, they know more than me. So he went from being, I'm not going to be a yes man, (laughs) to being told everything that he had to do. And all my ideas actually turned out to be totally shit, Pat. (laughs) But um, the Mangalitzas, yeah, that photo I sent you, that was taken at Shakespeare's gaff when I went to visit with some American tourists. He's dead, Matthew. I know, but he's still got a house. (laughs) Oh, by the way, pig-wise, Tom and the carcasses and the crop of sausages and undercutting the payment and all of that, can you explain it to me, please? Because um, the pigs got too big, I think, Hmm. and they're too fatty. So, they so he are, was um, buying them off Hannah, was he? Yeah, for sausages, sausage. because all the like, sausages, I mean, I don't, sorry if anyone's listening here who eats sausages, but they're, they're not made of the finest parts of the animal. They can be. Can't uh, actually, yeah, when I make my homemade sausages, uh, <laughs> Matthew, they really are made of the finest parts. <laughs> you can get some super duper sausages, can't you? I think I think it's always arseholes and lungs, but it's just that uh, you're getting... Better assholes and better lungs. When you, buy <laughs> you know that's that's what I when I buy my sausages from my posh butchers. That's what I comfort myself that you know at least they're happy assholes and happy lungs. Yeah, but they mentioned before at Barrow there was a weight restriction, wasn't there? Mm. There was a point at which they couldn't sell. 
that's true, yeah. And he said he'd make them... So he was getting them cheap and doing some sort of special sausage or something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because, you know, the Chinese have imposed an import ban, which resulted in an oversupply of pork in Euro markets, so prices crashed and lots of producers went bust, Gary. Yeah, that's true, though, because... You know, Brian had a really good point, didn't he, about Barrow is actually in a very advantageous advantageous (laughs) position. (laughs) Kerry wants to push off. Yeah, advantageous. I don't think anyone's ever said that. Kerry has now replaced uh, the Duke of Windsor, Prince Andrew. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, because all their competitors have gone bust, so they can... You know, make make a killing was what I was going to say. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I thought that tonight when um, Amy asked Alice at the end, "Is a hog all right?" and I thought she was just going to produce a pig. What Dad <laughs> said, "You can have this one." <laughs> so it's gestational diabetes. Um, Natasha was the calmest person about the whole thing, wasn't she? But yeah, it's fine. It will be fine. It's fine to eat healthily now and again. Yeah, no problem. I, it was, it, Matty said earlier on, it's a, been a very, very odd week. And so you had a kind of themes of reconciliation. Um, you had a bit of kind of, you know, had all the pig stuff being wound up. And then you had the, um, and then, you know, all the stuff with the rewilding felt very agricultural, agricultural, sorry, agricultural story editory. Mm. And then you had the gestational diabetes, which again feels very, you know, BBC, um, you know, fulfilling its remit stuff. So the whole the whole week, if it sort of felt very sort of discordant, and you know, like yeah, mm. Natasha, Natasha was kind of holding that together. But like I was saying with with Tony, it did feel like she was kind of she was sort of uh, it's like well, of course it's a lot more common than you think, and actually, and if all you have to do is take these simple uh, couple of steps, and you too can be living a just you know a comfortable life with the diabetes. <laughs> it, all, it all felt a little bit sort of overly scripted and kind of helpful. Yeah. I love I love a diabetes advert from Bangladesh. What did you think about Lillian going and no, sort I, of I warning? I have to respond to that, Kerry. I have to oh, respond. Sorry, sorry. Uh, no, I, do you know why my accent veered off? Because I, because I was panicking about you two shites having a go at me. So I, was, <laughs> I could hear. I was, I was already in my head. I was like, oh god, here we go. One of them's going to have a go at me about this. And you, there he comes. In he comes. Yeah, you'd have done the same back, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and also you two are so dead inside that you wouldn't panic. You just carry on. So, well played. Yeah. Peter, I I thought your Natasha was marvellous. <laughs> and I was going to ask about, you know, Lillian going to Alan and giving a little bit of a, she was going on about, I fancied some married men in my time and most of them weren't even separated. And I know she was doing a kind thing by warning him about the potential complaint. Mm. But I thought, that was, I don't know, it seemed a bit odd to me that she went there. When she said, no one expects you to be Superman. I was kind of pictured him <laughs> sat there in his armchair in a full Superman costume. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. Uh, you know, I'm very modest. Mm. I'd completely forgotten about the Lillian thing until he just mentioned it. I think it was just one of those joining the dots um, things. Yeah, Peter, do you not find it totally unbelievable that Lillian would get involved in anything to do with the church? I mean, surely she just bloody drops her mum off. Mm. occasionally why would she then go to alan to explain something that kate was planning yeah. to i did hear i did hear someone pointing it because there was there was there, there were a lot of people who were kind of getting annoyed about 
all of the Jesus that's been happening in the arches recently. And then someone did, you know, and, well, I don't, and as I've said before, right, you know, I actually, I actually think, you know, that people, you need, we need to be more respectful of people of faith. I don't, I think it's kind of too easy to sort of uh, yep. take a pot shot, etc. Um, but, um, but I think the the response that I liked and I kind of, I thought sort of gelled with my opinion, not that that's worth much, um, was basically that, you know, in a, in a village, ultimately, the the religious component is only a small one and you know Lillian being endlessly sociable so you know would would definitely be involved if only so that she got to put on a dress attend functions have some fun you know keep in with the gossip you know she's such a uh, a social gadfly of course she's gonna get stuck mm. in that's my very I, serious and long-winded and boring answer to your question <laughs> it was mother's day wasn't it so i um, or Mothering Sunday, yeah. as lots of people on Twitter were totally getting their knickers in a twist about. Mm. So, so I think that's the relevance. Okay, yeah, I did like the bit where Lillian was in the shop getting her magazine. I think you have a magazine for me, and Susan was like, oh, oh, really growling. Yeah. Which horse arse? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then it ended up where Susan said, you know, next time you come in, it'll have to be when one of the volunteers is working and you can't use this post office ever again either. And Lillian was like, I think that's illegal. <laughs> How do people like Susan get kept up to date with who's reconciled? I mean, because, you know, she was absolutely, you know, she was ready to bar people from the shop. I mean, when's Chris going to pop around and say, actually, Alice has spoken to Amy. I've told Amy I don't love her. So stop, you know, stop buying a new hat. Stop, you know, getting your dress resized for Amy. Uh, you can patch things up with Lillian. I mean, just, yeah. Well, I I did quite enjoy some of the things that Susan was saying to Lillian, where she was like, oh, you're all right. You know, you can sort of just... um you know, you don't know what it's like to lose a job, for example. You can just sort of skip from one business to another um, and buy a new house or, you know, whatever. It's true. It would be annoying that she swans in and out and she's, you know, she is intertwined with Justin, who is potentially going to stop, um, you know, cut off Neil's income and, you know, then there's Jennifer. I liked it when she went, why do your families hate us so much? Oh, that was good. Because, yeah, I quite, I just liked that she, she was getting emotional. I find it to be completely untrue of my experience of village life. Um, but I might be being unfair. But my experience in the West Country mm. is that people, the Susans of this world, the Carters, are complete... Um, completely lost in a feudal system and they think that the people who have more money than them are better than them oh that's just based on pure experience that they think oh okay i won't question them because they know what they're doing they must know what they're doing because they have more money oh that's a shame isn't it but susan's getting getting it from two sides isn't she she's feeling particularly vulnerable susan is basically che guevara in this situation <laughs> I did enjoy hearing um, finally someone sort of, you know, stating quite nakedly just how uneven Ambridge is. Mm. Someone needs to do it, really. Yeah. And also Amy going into the shop to buy a packet of tissues because she was crying. 
You, you wouldn't bloody do that, would you? You'd use your sleeve, you'd get some bog roll, you'd just go home, wouldn't you? You'd wipe your face in Elvis. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think that was true to life, really. So, Kerry Warbis. Yeah? Tomorrow, I'm going to see you in the flesh, actually, all, you know, 360 degrees. Yes. Um, all five foot seven of you. No, taller than that. Five foot twelve of uh Harry <laughs> Warbis. Um and the only reason I mention that is because in order to um uh, get to see Kerry on time I need to get this effing thing edited tomorrow. So um how about we we do the socials and and I can start um dyeing my hair, ironing my clothes, making myself pretty, ready for the big, <laughs> ready for the big moment. Yeah, hey, we've got 2022 which is the same as this year. Followers on Twitter now. And our Twitter handle is at the Cider Shed Pod. So come and play with us there. Mm. And and please, please, please. Um, I know Matthew and Kerry have said this a few times. We've we've um with that we don't need to go into the exact details, but we had a kind of a theoretical number when we first started that we were sort of like we we would sort of consider a a success, like a real proper success, like you know, something that we were we were very happy with. Anyway, we hit it last week. Last week was our biggest ever episode. Um, and as I think I sort of was getting excited about on air and yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And thank you so much, everyone. And if, you know, if you do have a few minutes to go on one of the, um, the usual places, iTunes probably being the best one and, uh, leave a review or just, um, or just send us your thoughts. That would be fantastic. Um, and if you want to do that, one of the ways is hello at the cidershed.com. That's our email address. I just wanted to take a, a, this opportunity to thank Morello 777. Oh, yes. For going back and deleting the two star review <laughs> and, <laughs> and giving a five star review. Uh, she did entitle, or he did entitle it something like publicly chastened, <laughs> which did imply that we bullied them into changing it which we did really what i would have preferred is they did the two they did a two-star review with a glowing bit of prose and what if they'd reverse that to make a five-star <laughs> review going this amateur hour dollop of shite should be avoided like the plague <laughs> jesus christ the hosts they they don't sound like they get on they sound like they're on a hostage video do not listen five stars oh but thank you so much for changing it appreciate it you want me to do the Instagram now, Peter? Yes, please, Matthew, yeah. We are growing on Instagram, 364 followers and multiplying by the day. We are at the Cider Shed Pod, which is the same as our Twitter handle. And we have a Facebook group, which is the Cider Shed Podcast. So come and find us there. More people joining every day as well and trying to post little topics for chat, when, uh, which falls in between my work. So I will do that. Lovely. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a um, recording device with me tomorrow. I'm gonna try and capture as close. It's obviously I'm gonna have to put the microphone on Kerry, so that's gonna require some level of intimacy. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna try and do that quietly, and I'm gonna try and capture the moment that I meet Kerry in the flesh. It might be quite dull. Hello. Oh, you'll be wearing a wire. Well, I remember. I remember the very first time I saw Kerry. Shot. <laughs> he, he sharted yeah. he shot upon sight she emerged from an elevator and then buzzed me into the building yes i did it was like a film it was not highlander 
Yeah. <laughs> Highlander. Highlander 2. Mm. I have no boiler, by the way. Our boiler's broken on the day it snowed. Yes, thank you, Cow, tomorrow then. Yeah, well, I'm sitting with a tartan blanket on my knees. I think <laughs> my time has come. I'll, I'll bring a can of Lynx Africa for you, Kerry. Give you a good. Oh. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> special special brew warms the bones, I find. Okay. Yeah, I'll have some of that. Even more reason to be excited about tomorrow. Uh well, see you everyone. Bye. See you. Bye. See you next week. Hello.